Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Uncredible Gamers Podcast, a show where each month, three people with varied levels of gaming experience play a game and discuss it so that you can relive and revisit some of your favorite gaming moments. This month, we played Toby Fox's 2015 indie hit, Undertale, and we talk about Sean and Ashley's first experience with the JRPG-like game. As always, we spoil every bit of the story, at least the bits that we saw, so consider yourself thoroughly warned. And without any further ado, this is the Uncredible Gamers play Undertale. Let's go. Okay, Undertale. Yeah. What a game. What a game. Undertale. Okay. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, the development and who made it before we get into the into the thing. So, sure. So Undertale was developed by Toby Fox, mm-hmm. period. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It was developed by one guy. with a. Now, I think the art was done by Temi Chang, and I apologize if I'm not getting that name exactly right. That person helped with the art, but everything else, the musical score, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, He was a composer, he was the programmer, he was the writer. Wow. wow. Yeah, and he did like everything with this game. A lot of hats. He was wearing a lot of hats, yes, for sure. And the other thing is that he's like I, two years younger than me, which makes me very sad. <laughs> so, but it was a great game. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I guess I will abide him that. Like I said, not that old. This game came out in 2015. It's like, it's like September 2015 is when it officially released uh-huh. on PC and Mac. Before that, I think Toby Fox was a composer for like some other projects, but this was pretty much like his first big project. Cool. And it was Kickstarter funded. Sweet. Good old Kickstarter. Yeah. So, and, and based on that timing, it must have been one of the early video game, early Kickstarter funded video games. Like, I think mm. like the very earliest was Double Fine's uh, Broken Age point and click adventure game that they funded via kickstarter that got like two million dollars in like a couple days or something but anyway so this was i think one of the early examples of that working so the game later i think in a couple years after it initially released on pc and mac came out for the playstation 4 which is what and, and vita actually really that's cool so this round i played it on the playstation vita Mm-hmm. while Ashley played it on the PS4 and we yep. sat next to each other while we kind of <laughs> went <laughs> along the same thing kind of at the same time. And Sean, you played it on the PlayStation 4 also, right? Yeah, yep. But you could have, because you just recently got a Switch, you could have also played on the Switch and it came out on the Switch like two years ago or something like that, 2018. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, really? Yeah. But yeah, there was I bought it on a PSN sale. So apologies, Toby, but you're mm-hmm. welcome also. Um, <laughs> yes exactly so i guess toby discussed kind of like wanting to make an rpg that was different from a lot of other rpgs that he found kind of boring where where some of the story elements and gameplay are almost two totally separate entities he wanted to erase that kind of concept and bring them together and you can totally see that as you're playing Undertale, like how the story is interwoven with the gameplay. Sure. As oh, well yeah. as uh, as well as just the story progressing naturally through the game. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't really realize that at first until, you know, we were playing kind of alongside each other. And I asked you about, you know, like, did you get to this part? And you're like, no, I didn't. I didn't have that happen kind of thing. Yeah. So it does definitely affect your gameplay. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we get too far, I would like to shout out undertale.fandom.com, <laughs> who was integral <laughs> in my note taking here because. I guess as a disclaimer, this is in no way going to be the expert's analysis of Undertale and like analyzing all the different possible paths. We're just not going to do that. Like we, we can't do that. It's hard to know even. (laughs) Right. So I'm going to do my best to kind of chime in where things were different, maybe from the game that we experienced, but primarily this is going to be us discussing our playthroughs with the game, which may look kind of similar to mm-hmm. each other, unfortunately, but, um, we'll see, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, we're not going to try to discuss every other branching path that was possible. If yeah. you would like to be more, you know, if you'd like to do that, shout, like go to undertale.fandom.com because it is like, it is the wiki that compiles every other possible path that you could go on and is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we're going to try to do our best to get everything right. <laughs> <laughs> but apologies in advance if we don't. Uh, with that, this game is not, you know, it's not voiced. It's a purely text-based game. So mm-hmm. if we pronounce something completely different to how you pronounced it when you were playing, uh, you know, we're probably wrong and you're probably right. So uh, <laughs> apologies for that. But we'll just, uh, you know, we'll all come together and coalesce on that. Yeah. You'll know who we're talking about. So, okay. Those are the disclaimers Perfect. that I wanted to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through this kind of just as the story progressed for us. Mm-hmm. And even before we do that, so this is like the 15th before we do that, I just need to ask you two, Sean and Ashley, yeah, how you found your first experience really with a JRPG. Now, Sean, I know you played Knights of the Old Republic and some Final Fantasy, so, yeah. you know, maybe to a lesser extent, but I think, Ashley, this is probably your first experience with a quote-unquote Japanese role-playing game. Just, like, right. I know that we are all, un- like, we know what a JRPG means, but, like... No, I just said it. I just said it. Japanese role-playing <laughs> game. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, turn- so turn-based, you know, you have items, you have actions you can take, you have different attacks you can use. Typically, it's you're roaming around a hub world, some sort of town, and then the battles that happen are separate from that. As yeah. opposed okay. to Spider Man, where right. you're beating up the yeah, you know you're yeah. beating up the criminals, the battles kind of pop up. Think Pokemon, right? Yep, yep. They occur separately in a way, so that's kind of yeah. the JRPG format that, at least as I understand it. Yeah, cool. That's I just sorry I just had a I wanted to say that because I thought of the uh, an Office reference where. The, with the Michael Scott paper company and <laughs> the, where they go to the accountants. Yeah, you, you tell us what you think yeah. that means. You tell <laughs> us what a fixed pricing model is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So, Ashley, how did you find this, uh, this playthrough of, of Undertale? I had no idea what to expect. I, I had zero information going into the game, except you said it was like a role-playing game. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And my experience with role-playing games is, like, Telltale, Life is Strange, that kind of game, which yeah. obviously very, very different. A heavily story-based kind of, um, it's almost like a choose-your-own, those are like choose-your-own-adventure right. type right. type things where this is, uh, yeah, not that. Yes, not that, for sure. <laughs> um, so, and I, yeah, I had really no information about what the game was going into it at all. Um, so it, I mean, it took me a second to kind of figure out 
how to do the battles, but I mean, it, it it's built in with a pretty nice walkthrough to start off with to kind of show you, to kind of hold your hand and show you how to get through those things. But it was fun. I liked it. It was definitely different than anything I've played before. So yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. It was a good style. And it is different than a lot of games, period. I think the, the mixing of that JRPG style turn-based battle system with this bullet hell, you have your soul in the little box and then they're Mm -hmm. attacking you and you have to just basically avoid the attacks, right? right, Right. In order to survive. Mm -hmm. I think typical JRPGs are attack, use magic spells or whatever. You click that and then it happens. Mm-hmm. Some number pops up above the enemy's head, like this, like it right. does when you do an attack, and then they attack you, and then it's just kind of that back mm-hmm. and forth. Whereas the, the bullet hell nature of the battle system, I haven't played a game that mashes those two things together, and I thought it was cool. super effective for sure. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, I, I think what you're getting at, Brandon, is that like there, a lot of other games are all pretty much experience based. Like you, you have an experience level in which that allows you to have so much damage that you are able to do on an opponent and and then you face an opponent with an experience level and that's kind of that's just it's all like numbers and less a little bit about like the skill and dexterity of the button mashing aspect kind of thing yeah yeah for sure i want to jump back to ashley though yeah because you know his like we just played i guess to kind of break the fourth wall a little bit i know we try to structure these episodes so that they're evergreen and kind of stand apart from each other but mm-hmm. i'm going to reference a couple of the games we played in the past yeah. in in mario 64 and mm-hmm. spider-man which are both very reflexive uh mm-hmm. you know dexterity based your fine motor controls are like super important but mm-hmm. this game's less that right this yeah. game's more cerebral okay kind of wouldn't you say like you're making dis- uh, the bullet hell nature is definitely very yeah, you know, mm-hmm. still kind of dexterity based, but um, I was interested in seeing how you would like a game that is more decision based than. Well, uh, here's the thing, Brandon. Action based. Here's the thing. I did not know going into this that my decisions would have such an impact. On me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. I did not realize that there were three paths one could take upon starting Undertale, the neutral <laughs> or the pacifist or the genocide path. So not really. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that. So I guess. We'll, yeah. Yeah. If that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it does. <laughs> I, this is just all part of my secret mission to um, get you to enjoy games that I like too. And <laughs> I love JRPGs. And so this no, is, this is was... kind of like the intro into that, I think a little bit. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Good. John, will you play a JRPG again? No. no yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This has been my mission, like, started with Sean. I've been trying to get you into a JRPG for years. I remember, like, Sean, play Final Fantasy X. It's great. Just play it. Just play it. Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. get to, like, an hour or two, and you're like, yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I think, I think it matches up with my style of gameplay, though, a little bit more. Which I've probably talked about in other shows that we've done, which is I'm way more drawn to a story. Like I'm way more drawn to a story than I am like an open world that you can roam, you know, roam free around. I like a path that's set out that then I I follow instead of a wide breadth of 
any possibility. So I think this one is neat. It's still a, a direct linear story, but there are very small differences in how you play it. So I think that is cool in, in how it does that. But yeah, definitely into the JRPG stuff. Cool. All right. Well, great. This is this is good news. Good news mm-hmm. for me on the games we'll play in the future front. The only <laughs> problem is this is like definitely I think it counts among the shortest JRPG experiences that you can have. <laughs> yeah, typically those games are like <laughs> an upwards of like sixty to eighty hours. You know, yeah. And so uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to really figure out how to make that work in our current format. But yeah, yeah, I enjoyed this and a little inside peek. Brandon and I played this. I mean, separately but alongside each other for what we sat down and. Oh, six or seven hours that night, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was so fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we had took, a, took we me had, back to the old college days. <laughs> we, we turned down a uh, an Among Us invitation uh, while we were playing Undertale. We did. So apologies, Sean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> we are in deep. <laughs> so do you guys want to get into kind of the recap? Yes, sir. It. I'm interested in seeing how our paths diverged. Yes, me too. So the game opens up with a little text dialogue, and it tells the story of the monsters and the humans and the battle they fought hundreds of years ago. And the uh, the humans won, and the magician, the lead magician for the humans, locked all of the monsters into the underground, where they were sort of sequestered and pushed away from society and had to live on their own. Our protagonist, who doesn't have a name, ch- just the child, I guess? Like, yeah. like the Mandalorian? Yeah. I think you can or name you, her, right? As yourself. As or yourself. Or, or, yeah. You are the, yes, you are the main character. Bran is what I always name <laughs> my main <laughs> character. It's short. And yes, yeah, so the protagonist falls down into the cave. She climbs this mountain, Mount Abbott or something. Something. And then falls down into the underground and is immediately attacked by a sort of demonic flower <laughs> or to start with it says oh hi i'm flowy i'm gonna send you these pellets they will heal you and then you touch them and then they hurt you <laughs> yeah that's true yes you're immediately tricked yeah. <laughs> yes exactly. by the flower at the beginning yes <laughs> who turns into this uh this monster right that like with sharp teeth and i yeah, guess they're all monsters it's a but creepy flower it turns aggressive and is quickly shooed away by Toriel, who is sort of your protector Guardian. slash yeah. captor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you make your way through the ruins. because So you fall and it's kind of, you're like in the ruins. And uh, Toriel shows you how to navigate puzzles. And this is where you first encounter some other monsters in the ruins. And you yeah. can decide whether you fight them or not. And actually shows you like dummy monsters, right? To, to teach you how to, there are dummies. How to talk to them. To or, yeah. She is basically like, I'll protect you. But if you encounter anything, like run away and call me and I'll mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. please never engage or fight anything down here right as i think is right. how she does it right. she gives it mm-hmm. you got she's got a cell phone she's got uh she's, she's got hip. some tech so she does she yes she gives you a cell phone that was like that's like one of my favorite things about this game actually is you kind of think you know what's going on but then the monster gives you a cell phone yeah <laughs> you're like okay yeah. okay maybe i don't know what this, what this world is yeah and at one point, so Toriel kind of shows you how to get across a couple of puzzles, mm-hmm. and it's all very handholdy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by design. And then she has to leave for something yeah. and leaves you alone and basically says, like, stay here. I'll come back for you. Yeah. And, of course, you don't. And but you continue through the through the world. Does what else you can? There's nothing yeah. to do in that room. Yeah. And then 
eventually you encounter some other monsters. I think this is a good place to discuss that, like Ashley alluded to, there are three main paths that you can take with this game, which each branch out into their own kind of, you know, uh, endings. But you don't necessarily know this up front. And we... so. I knew a little bit about this because I I follow the industry a bit. And so I know when people talk about Undertale, they talk about the, you know, kind of the paths. And so I knew a little bit about what to do, but you two definitely had no idea. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't have any background. Yeah. Because then that gives me a chance to go back and play it again another way. Yeah. Yeah. And the paths are neutral, which is probably what I would say most people do if they don't know what they're, you know, what they're doing when they play the game. And I think what all three of us did, a variant of the neutral path. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do sort of true pacifist, which is where you don't kill a thing. You spare every single monster that you come across, like no exceptions, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's the genocide path where you kill every monster <laughs> that you possibly can. And if you, I think if you kill any monsters and gain any experience points, EXP, then you I think you immediately are at least put on the neutral path. So yeah. and you lose true pacifist. So Mm-hmm. So you were following that path for a while. I was there? really trying to not kill anything because I knew you I knew you you can, right? Yeah. I knew you could you can possibly not kill anything. Yeah. 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 And we'll talk about wh- where I got into that. But um <laughs> where you got into trouble. Yeah, yeah. We're in the ruins now. Mm-hmm. I think the first mini boss quote unquote, that I want to call out. I think that you run into is Napstabluk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember Napstabluk? This is the ghost. The ghost, yeah. Yeah. Who is like, laying like in your path and is, cry- yeah, and is just crying yeah. all the time. <laughs> and so I definitely spared Napstabluk. I don't I don't remember. think I did. I definitely <laughs> killed Napstabluk. You killed Napstabluk. Oh, my I did. God. Cause, cause, I thought I killed him, too, because I didn't know. Unless yeah. they said, unless it said, like, you know, uh, like Whimsalot, I think, was one. And it's like, he doesn't know why he's here. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to fight you then. If you clearly don't want to be here, then I'm going to spare you. <laughs> yeah. So unless they said something like that, then I probably killed him. Yeah, the very beginning right. of this game, I played Toby Fox. I played right into your hand. I was like, <laughs> we're in, I'm in, I'm in an underworld full of monsters. Yep. I need to kill my way out of here. <laughs> uh and uh, yep. so, yeah. And Napstabluk was one of your victims. <laughs> it was, he was a casualty, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so you either spare Napstabluk or or not and free your path. But I think he's the first monster that you are forced to fight. He's like in your path. You cannot go past him without fighting him. Maybe you can flee. I don't know. I didn't try to. But eventually you're in the ruins. And, you know, again, there's a series of puzzles here. It's hard to talk about puzzles on this kind of... Uh, in this format so yeah, i yeah. didn't highlight any in particular yeah. so if there's if there's any puzzles or anything that sticks out in your mind feel free to jump in because i'm probably not going to talk any specifics um yeah. mm-hmm. uh, once you get past naps to bluke i think you eventually run into what turns out to be kind of an important thing the spider bake sale in the ruins yeah there's a spider did you bake buy sale. Sh- so ashley i know you bought you I bought think I- Bought a spider donut. A spider donut. Sean, sure. did, do you remember if you bought anything? From I know. I, I don't even think I recalled seeing the spider bake sale in the ruins. Right. It um, is somewhere along the way. Yeah, I can't remember. But I, yeah, I definitely didn't buy. Did not buy stuff. Again, I was in the trust no one. <laughs> be, walk a careful path. Yeah. Kill anything you encounter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you navigate your way back to, or to, 
Toriel who finds you and kind of scolds you for not staying in one place. And then she takes you into her home. Capital H. (laughs) Capital H home. Mm-hmm. You have a room. Yep. There's a room for a child. And at this point, it gets real creepy a little bit. Very much so. Well, yeah, but also so cute. Her house is just so cute. Her house is very cute, and she <laughs> wants to take such good care of you. She does. She's, she just wants you to stay and be with her forever. She's sitting in your... Well, that's the, that's the key, right? <laughs> she's sitting in her rocking chair, and you can go... And I think I investigated every bit of this house. Oh, I did too. Just in case something was going to come up that I would need to remember later. Yeah. There's like some butterscotch pie and... Well, she she asks you... Yeah, which one what, did you guys choose? I don't remember. It was I like cinnamon remember. or butterscotch. I think she... Oh. Yeah, she calls you because she has to run errands or something. Is what, mm-hmm. The whole reason why she leaves. And then she yeah, calls you and is like, do you prefer cinnamon or butterscotch? And then you pick one. And then she calls you back immediately and is like, but do you like hate the other one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But would you be yeah. disappointed? Yeah. 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 And then it ends up being a butterscotch cinnamon pie. I think it's yeah. like both. Yes. She throws both of them in there. Exactly. Yeah. So she makes you a pie. And her house is just the cutest little thing. But it becomes quickly evident, like Ashley mentioned, that she is not interested in you leaving. Right. Correct. She says, you're going to stay here. for, And as, as soon as you mention going home to the surface or whatever... Mm-hmm. It's very quickly like, no, you can't. You don't want to go. You're, we're yeah. just, but we're learning. We're yeah. gonna learn all kinds of things, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and then you make your way downstairs to the tunnel downstairs, and that's kind of the way out. And she's like, nope, you can't come here, and she brings you right back up. Yeah, does she? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, w- yeah, I was like, oh, there are other down. human bodies locked down here. That's yeah. that's what this <laughs> For is. Sure. Yeah, I kept trying to go down to see like. You know, well, maybe if I go, if I try five times, something will happen. Right. But nothing ever happened. But before we go too far, I have to say that I loved interacting with the items in the whole game. Yeah. It it was very clever and quippy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'd go to something and the little dialogue box would just pop up like, this is a lamp. Yeah, right, right. This is a chair. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. And then other times it would be kind of like quippy i don't have any good examples but you know no just in general the writing in this game is fantastic i think yeah. like it's uh, mm-hmm. it's very fun mm-hmm. so remind me how we get out of the house then i think eventually you keep telling her that you want to go you want to go home or something and then she's like fine I'll no oh you, you know what no she goes to blow up the tunnel right she leaves yeah. to destroy the tunnel mm-hmm. right you have to talk to her enough times i think and then you're forced to uh confront toriel yeah yes because she's not going to let you leave and then she kind of tests you like she kind of gives in and then decides fine okay are you ready to live this lifestyle outside of my care or whatever mm-hmm. okay so i did not kill anybody up to this point like i spared every single creature i was very careful and we get to toriel and i'm like all right, I know I can spare you, I think. Mm-hmm. How do I do it? And like, it's just, she's not, she's not interested in talking. She's right. not interested in talking or, you know, yeah. talking is not. There was nothing to say. Yeah. There's nothing right. more to say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then you fight her and then I spare her and it's not working. So then I end up killing her because I didn't know what to do. And I killed Toriel. I didn't kill anybody, but I killed Toriel. And man, I carried that with me. I carried that with me the rest of the game. Let I me killed tell her too because I didn't think she would let me leave. I thought that was the only option. Right. I killed her, obviously. But <laughs> it was, again, I, I was like, okay, well, this is a misery situation. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I got to get out of here. Right. To save myself, yeah. Turns out you could spare her. You have to try to spare her 24 times and eventually, wow. and then she'll let you go. 24? Holy crap. That's a lot. 
Yeah. As we're talking about this, I do want to bring up that it is in our top three sort of stuff. And my top three of story moments, this is my number two, because of the, um, in hindsight, <laughs> this is the moment that I wish I could take back. <laughs> yeah, sure. The moment that I most wish I could take back after uh, that's, that's playing good. through all of it. Yeah. So that's a good point. I think we should back up and say we're going to do, our, so our top threes for this episode mm-hmm. are... Our top three story moments, mm-hmm. our top three bosses slash mini bosses, mm-hmm. and our top three items that we encountered. Yeah. And so on that note, my number two item, I should have brought this up when we were talking about it, this is the butterscotch cinnamon pie. <laughs> Remind me to talk about that when we get into a boss battle at the very end, because it will... It will It'll matter. It'll matter. Oh, right, right. Yep. I did not save any of my treats. (laughs) I consumed everything. Yeah. 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 Also, I found this was kind of like where the game got kind of tough, too. Like, Toriel was no joke. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially as me, as somebody who, like, didn't have any EXP or LV, right? Like, I think it's just XP. No, there's an E for sure. For sure there's an E. Okay. I think, but you can pronounce (laughs) it XP. I think it's typically XP and, like, pronounced XP. Yeah. Growing up, that's how I pronounced it. Wow. That was like a... <laughs> I had to think about everything for a second. Like, have I been doing this wrong my entire life? <laughs> so the game gets a little bit tough. I had zero level or whatever. Love. That's something else. Yes. Okay. So in traditional JRPGs, right? Yeah. You have EXP or XP. Mm-hmm which is like your progress to the next level. Okay. Okay. So that's like historically, that's what Toby Fox is playing on your mind right now. Like, hey. It's like your experience. Yeah. The stronger you get, the more experience points you get, which is what it stands for in in, in traditional JRPGs or RPGs. The more experience points you get, the higher your level will be. Mm -hmm. And then with the higher level, you can have stronger attacks, stronger defense, better magical spells, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what he's playing on mm-hmm. here. But I kind of knew that there was some trickery going on, and I had zero anything until yeah. I defeated Toriel, <laughs> and all of a sudden I got five. And I'm like, oh, man, like, <laughs> that's, that's going to hurt me. Yeah, I know that's going to hurt. I believe Flowey is the person who introduces those concepts at the very beginning. Specifically, mm-hmm. the love thing, because you're a human. Love is the thing that defeats monsters, kind of. Kind okay, of thing. I wasn't sure if it was Flowey or Sands coming up. I think it's Flowey, but it's maybe flowy? you could okay. do your little bloop, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do. I'll do a little fact check. Right <laughs> here. I think you're. I think you're right. That kind of rings a bell. So I went to check on this by starting a new game and redoing my encounter with Flowey, but he is all knowing, and simply said. Remember, don't kill anyone. And then was in, I was introduced to Toriel. So I didn't, wasn't able to find out right away. But then I started a new profile on PlayStation 4 instead of the Vita. And it turns out that Sean, of course, was right, I guess, as always. And it is Flowey who introduces the love concept right before he tries to trick you by giving you friendliness pellets. But I was wise to his tricks, that son of a bitch. So anyway, yeah, Sean, that's, uh, that's another point for you. 
So once Toriel is defeated in whatever way you chose, <laughs> you sort of make your way into Snowden Forest. Listen, I was a little bit bored by the ruins. Okay. It was kind of like, sure. okay, yeah, yeah. purples and grays and it's yeah. not so much going on. And then you like walk out into the forest and it's like, oh, cool. We've got more color. We've got more, you know, detail in the artwork. The map movement specifically as you walk that first time. That parallax scrolling, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah I, that, that's a term. <laughs> that I don't know, but... Uh. I think that's where the background's moving at a different speed than the foreground. That's what makes oh, you okay. feel like you're walking over a... Uh, okay. yeah. Like some, there's depth, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just thought that was super cool. Yeah, no, it was very cool, for sure. This is where we meet my two favorite characters in the game, Sans and Papyrus. Uh-huh. So immediately when you walk out, Sans comes up to you. It's very spooky, actually, right? And yeah, like, yeah. He's kind of in shadow, and then he pops up, and he's like the friendliest guy you'll uh-huh. ever meet, uh-huh. right? You come to find brr, out, brr. I don't... <laughs> Yeah, his, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. You find out, I, I can't remember if he tells you here or later, that he often communicates with the lady from the ruins, but it's like through a door. I think it's and later. Yeah. It's later, but they're friendly, and he promises to take care of any humans that might come out. His goal is to protect the humans, but he's got a brother, Papyrus, whose mission is to impress the royal guard and be like the best royal guardsman that is possible, or make the royal guard. I don't think he is a royal guardsman correct mm-hmm. yeah he's a wannabe right yeah and he's just trying to make his bones oh <laughs> by doing so he's going to catch a human he's on a mission to catch a human which is when we find out like okay there's a larger thing at play here where asgore who toriel when she's being defeated she says something about asgore yeah there's a lot of her. name dropping in this yeah, game who, yeah which who we is don't. a little hard to keep track of yes for me. We, we i'm we not didn't. good at that but Right. We didn't know who Asgore was, but Toriel alludes to Asgore. You know, she pleads with him like kind of as her dying breath. So Papyrus, you find out like, okay, they're rounding up humans. Right. So thus starts a sort of procession of Papyrus trying to trap you. Yeah, that's all like Snowden <laughs> yeah. was about that, right? <laughs> like the, yeah, the, whole, the all of Snowden Forest is like about Papyrus trying to trick you or like entrap you through like bizarre ways and then almost having you and then giving up or it doesn't work or "Eh, that didn't work how I wanted it to (laughs) never mind I'll try again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I just love I love like every second of this the puzzles were fantastic Uh, Mm -hmm. you know they Mm -hmm. were like simple but they were Mm -hmm. like fine Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I enjoyed them. And there's some other monsters that pop up specifically, like dogs yes. in the royal army or something, military dogs sort of stuff you have to fight or flee. Yes, yeah. there are three bosses that are dogs that you have to fight. Dog, Doggo. Yeah. And he introduces this blue attack, which is where mm-hmm. if it's blue, all you have to do is stand still and it won't hurt you. Which your soul. that is just asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stand still when stuff is coming at you? Right, right. Then there's Dogami and Dog Arrest. Or like two dogs that are, I think, known as doggy, dog eye. Yes. Together, yes. Mm-hmm. which I know actually you, I saw you fight these guys pretty, fr- <laughs> pretty frequently. Yes, pretty frequently. I had. <laughs> yes. We'll put it that way. They gave you a little trouble. That gave me some trouble. Yep. And then later is Greater Dog, who's just like this little puppy head in this gigantic like, yeah. suit of armor. <laughs> yeah. And he just wants to play. And there's another one, Lesser Dog. He just wants to be pet. And then Lesser Dog just wants to be pet. And they can all be beaten by like throwing a stick or like they can all be spared by like figuring out how to pet and play with them in a way that gets them to be on your side, which is fantastic. So, So Sean, did you kill all these dogs is my question. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, the yes. puppy. I feel bad now. I feel bad now, but I did. I did. I I guess I'm a slow, uh, I'm a slow learner into the uh, concept. Like, what point in fighting the dogs did you say, "Yep, yeah, I got to kill these"? <laughs> well, I was, kill these playful puppies. There was the component of the attacking thing. Was like you had to time your attack to get mm-hmm. you know the most damage done, and then you could also hit X like multiple times. You tapped X three or four times. Or whatever to increase your attack and i had no idea you could do that i think no. uh maybe this is my button mashing uh <laughs> thing yeah in my gameplay it seemed like if i like you know hit it in the center and and then hit the x th- two or three more times quickly and it would go psh, 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 or whatever and do like mm-hmm. you know more damage than just hitting it once or whatever oh, anyway yes, yes. so there yes, was I a bit that, of yes. that where i was a little bit stronger than i thought I was. And maybe when they were like half health, didn't quite realize that the next attack would take them all the way out kind of thing. So there was like a little bit of that, but there was also that I still maybe, yeah, didn't quite catch on to the full story mode. But that's my number three story moment is getting into the town of Snowden and talking to the just the random town people that are like, I wonder where that lovely dog, like those, those dogs were so <laughs> sweet. Like I haven't seen them around in a while. You know, like, oh, they were so nice, kind of, you know, and like, like just the, oh, the, dagger. the normal townspeople. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it now. I'm the monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good. My yeah. number three favorite story moment is actually just the entire bit with Sans and Papyrus and how, yeah, you know, like yeah. we mentioned before, they're trying to trick you. And out of all the yep. story beats of this game, that little subplot is probably my favorite. And then what happens after, which we'll talk about in a bit here. So you get to Snowden, and as you mentioned, Sean, you meet these townspeople. And now when I get to the inn or the bar, I've got all these puppies at the bar (laughs) 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 hanging out. Sean, Uh you did not apparently have that. Yeah, I had some some patrons in the bar. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Sans and I shared a meal. I think you can buy stuff from the store. This is maybe (laughs) your first. He's he's like, I'm going to take a break to go eat food or whatever. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. It's good. Can you go to Sans's house? I don't know where Sans lived. I don't know that I ever went there. You can go to Papyrus's house for sure. Yeah, you can go into Papyrus's house. <laughs> depending, depending, depending on the decisions you, you make. Choose to do. Yeah. Do we want to talk about that at all? I guess. Well, the, so yeah. so yeah. So once you get through Snowden, just oh, wait, uh, real quick. No. Hold on. Go ahead. You first. You first. My runner-up story beat is talking to the people in Snowden. Nice. Nice. (laughs) They're funny. So this was like, you know, going back to like traditional JRPG moments, right? Like this is very typical area where you have to fight a bunch of people and then you get to a town. Mm -hmm. And then in the town, there's no risk of you attacking, but there's a bunch of people you can talk to and then get quests and get items. But I was ready just in case any of those patrons were going (laughs) to... Say, wait a second, what are you doing here, battle? Yeah, well, because this yeah. game is just twisting everything, yeah. right, a little bit. Uh-huh, yeah. So that was, yes, I'm happy that that was a favorite story yeah, moment. for sure. As well as all the, there's a lot of save points in the game, which I really appreciate because I need a lot of save points, but the dialogue that you get at all the save points. Yes, you're filled with fills, determination. Every fills time you you're with filled with determination. determination. Yeah. The mouse <laughs> trying to get the cheese fills you with determination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I guess if you're on the genocide path, all that language is replaced by the number of monsters that are left in the area for you to kill. Like it turns oh. into like red text with like 16 left huh. or whatever. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, 
Oh, I got to call out my number three item here, mm-hmm. which is a snowman piece. Okay, I did not find this snowman, but I read about it when I was preparing my notes for the game. I don't think <laughs> I found any snowman piece. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, he's. I think he's in Snowden or he's in Snowden Forest. But I don't exactly remember which place he is, but yeah. you run across them and he, he, t- he asks you to take a piece of him with you. He wants to see the far ends of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I just put him in my pocket and <laughs> carried him with me the whole rest of the game. And really? yep. I thought about eating him because he heals you about 45 HP. Yeah. And there 45. were times. That's a lot. I think 45. And there are uh-huh. times when I could have really used it. Right. But I did not because <laughs> I made a promise to the snowman. Well, that's so nice of uh, you. Yes, I, it's this digital conscience thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't remember running into him. If I, I did, yeah. I'm sure I and used so he, the snowball to get HP. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's my third favorite. Yeah, third favorite item because... Well, he I was can't just wait with to me hear what he brings later. Did you show him all of the world like he promised? Maybe, yeah, let's table that, I guess. <laughs> let's talk about that later. <laughs> I look forward to hearing about it. Sean, you were going to say something? I was just going to say, yes, I did find the snowman piece and took him. I guess it's maybe a question of whether or not it was to the ends of the earth. I did wait until the very final battle of the game. <laughs> oh no consume the snowman <laughs> oh no oh no you ate him in your final battle well yeah like you said 45 health i was really struggling against uh against old asgore there so good okay all right all right so you go through the snowden town and uh, like at the edge of the town you fight papyrus who is he's done trying to trick you yeah yeah. And he just outright he says, this is the end of the line, bucko. Pretty much. <laughs> so to spare Papyrus, all you do is you just flirt with him. And I flirted with this dude <laughs> and convinced him that he didn't want any piece of my head. Yeah. He didn't yeah. want to deliver me to the powers that be. And we parted ways. And I'm not going to lie, we went on a date afterward in his house. Uh-huh. I would yeah. just love to hear all about that because that was not my he, path. He did not know what to do. He was very... Um, awkward date. He was very awkward. He was a very <laughs> awkward date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we ended as friends. <laughs> but it opened up his house, you know. And that's another place. Yeah, because when I walked through Snowden, it was locked because... I killed him because at the very end, it gives you the option, like, you give, like, one last-ditch effort. He's kind of, like, pleading with you. (laughs) I won't. Okay, I give up. I won't hurt you anymore. And then you have the final option to kill or spare. I just didn't trust him. (laughs) I didn't think he would stop coming after me, so I killed him. There you go. All right. I didn't build that relationship with him. Well, and that has an impact on Sans, right? Not right away, but yes. Yes, because now you've killed his brother. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. And Sans and me, we have a pretty good relationship still, but I don't think you and Sans have that same kind of bond. <laughs> no, he was not nice to me later. He was not happy. Yeah. And that that's kind of the end of the Snowden area is yeah. Papyrus. And then you make your way into Waterfall. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like a cave, right? Yeah. Type area. Like it's kind of like a river. It's either night or it's, it's dark yeah. <laughs> in some way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think this is kind of a cool area. There aren't that many... Like story moments or mini bosses here. This is kind of like a puzzly area. 
Right. Yep. There's a lot to explore. Like, there's a lot of different paths you can take. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think they all really led to much, but there's a, a lot of different offshoots you could go to and explore. So before we get into kind of the mysterious things that maybe we ran across, kind of the, the story element that's dragging you through Waterfall is this monster kid yeah. who keeps asking you, like, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? And then yeah. Undyne is chasing you throughout this underground or throughout the Which the waterfall. Yeah. Undyne, we learn, is what like the a major yeah, sorry. guard yes. for this King Asgore. Right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this little fan who's Undyne's biggest fan and can't wait to meet her. And <laughs> yes. he was cute. I think he was, did he make it into one of my top three? Uh, no, he did not make it, but he's a good afterthought. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Undyne is chasing you. And every time you have an encounter with Undyne, this monster kid is there like jealous of you. Yeah. As yeah. she's yes. trying to kill you. Yeah. Right? She talked like, to you. <laughs> yeah. Because this monster kid doesn't realize you're a human, I think. Right. So that's the whole kind of conceit. And this kind of Tom and Jerry-esque thing takes you all the way through the waterfall mm-hmm. to the very end. Yeah. Right? There's maybe three encounters. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, I mean, Undyne, there's like a, a kind of an intense chase where Undyne's like tossing, like chucking spears at you and you yep. have to like run away and avoid where the spears are coming up. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is really the main element of this. You do at one point fall into a garbage dump. Yes. And fight maybe my least favorite boss in the entire game, which is Mad Dummy. Yeah. Dummy. Okay. Did Big you fight yeah. Mad Dummy? Like you talked to yeah. this dummy. He's like, I remember turned- what you did to my cousin or whatever. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. who was the training dummy and yeah, uh, yes. in the ruins. Yeah. <laughs> and this Jamoke is just like flying around and like he's shooting things at you and you have to like redirect them at him in some way. Like, yeah, based yeah. on, you know, how the projectiles are aiming and right, uh, he was right, tough. Right. He's kind of an, and it was kind of annoying. I thought, yeah, I don't remember the specifics of him, but I do remember rummaging through all the junk and looking at all the junk. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think you can pocket a couple things. Yeah. When yeah. you're in that area too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how it's like the same artwork and yeah, there that's like this this thing, oh, you found this thing and then so many of them that are just like this is just a pile of junk. Like yeah. <laughs> why are you looking in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then eventually you make your way to Luke Acres, which is the home of Napstablook. Now, I should say Napstablook came and saved me from Mad Dummy, okay? Okay. Because Napstablook, I think, maybe is a cousin of Mad Dummy or something, but in the Mad Dummy fight, all of a sudden there's just a bunch of tears that come and Napstablook. Because you, you pardoned I say, Yeah, I spared Napstablook in the yes. beginning. Yes, for So sure. Sean and I did not, so right. he probably obviously <laughs> could not come right. for us. Right. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Napstablook saved me, and then you come up on Napstablook Acres, which is where Napstablook lives. Yeah. Or his family's from, or something. I don't remember. There's that. something with Napstablook. When I killed him, he's like, "I'm a ghost. Like you can't oh, kill okay. me <laughs> or something." Oh, nice. So maybe he did. I and then I, I think, don't really remember. I think he just kind of like goes away. I some some I remember something about that. So like I think he does come back, but yeah, it's basically like. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and their houses in their Napstablook Acres are like these curved, like they look like a ghost. <laughs> yes. Like they're shaped like a ghost the yeah. houses are okay. yeah <laughs> this is the area where you race the that. snails i do remember racing you do the, the snails snail race. and there, you couldn't beat the snails right no i didn't no i failed i, I don't think, know i don't i think it was rigged thunder snail or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this whole area kind of ends in the final undyne showdown before we do that yeah. john did you do the uh the piano puzzle in this area that doesn't ring a 
spell, but there was like a, a oh room oh oh yeah yeah yes sorry yes there was like a statue yeah and it's raining and you have to you like you go into the next place and somebody's selling umbrellas mm-hmm. and then if you give the statue the umbrella then it gives you the notes I thought that was very fun yeah yes I did too and then you go and you go to the piano and you play the tune that yep. was pinging on the umbrella from the rain yeah and then it shows an orb correct but. Did you get to keep the orb? The artifact or whatever? Yeah. All of a sudden it disappeared and a, a dog came out and ate it or something. <laughs> yeah. But did that happen to you too? Yes. I'm just curious if there is a way that you could have kept the orb or if it was on, it was just going to get eaten by this random dog regardless. Yeah. But didn't he leave behind something? Yeah. I think dog residue. Yeah. Right? Fills your inventory. But I guess it, I guess it gives you some health. Yeah. If it makes dog something. salad, it's kind of random. Which I don't think I got dog salad. I think I put all the dog residue in the box. Yeah. So if throughout the- this is this is we're actually this is my number one item. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> Let's hear it. Is, well, Let's is, hear is dog it. salad? What um, a, what, a, what a fortuitous winding path that we came on to get you to your number one item. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about dog salad. Uh, so yeah, so so the the annoying dog or whatever I think as it's entitled takes the rare artifact from you, but then leaves you dog residue. So it's like the never ending item. So like you said, it makes more of itself. So as long as you have one dog residue, you can always make more, and it can then it's random, but it'll fill the rest of your inventory up with more residue. But some of them become dog salad. And then it's like, that's also random, but it's an item that you can eat for health and it's randomized, but it's like, it'll give you like two health or it'll give you 30 uh, or it'll like refill your whole health. Anyway, so I use that a bunch as to like not spend a lot of money. I'll always kind of have ability to, you know, have health in battles because you can also use it during a battle to potentially create dog salad that then you could eat and, uh restore some health so nice not to go on a tangent too much more but there is in waterfall related to digressity is you can go down into temi village which is a bunch of little dogs and at the shop there's a little shop there the temis go crazy for dog residue (laughs) so (laughs) you can sell your dog residue for like three or five gold like per dog residue so that's a way that you can kind of like farm farm yeah gold and and stuff like that so well so temi village must be named after the artist temi yeah yeah totally so i saw like throughout the game people talked about temi village it's like this mysterious place and but i was like oh i must be i must come up on it sometime and i never did and Mm. i never looked up how to get there so i'm glad that you could speak to it because i had no idea it doesn't sound familiar yeah there was the piece of the waterfall where the bulbs that like are basically like light switches that light up your pathway mm-hmm. one of those pathways that you light up takes you south and ah. is the oh, pathway gotcha. down to Temi village gotcha oh, okay nice. nice nice cool thank you for that recap because i yeah i would have not been able to speak about Temi village <laughs> hey everybody this is brandon cutting in to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by well us the incredible gamers At the moment, The Uncredible Gamers is something the three of us are just doing for a bit of fun, but we hope to grow that into something a bit, well, bigger. And right now, the best way for you to help us do that is by clicking subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and by following us on Twitter at Uncredible Gamer, no S. Thanks again for listening, and now, back to the show. 
So throughout, at some point in the waterfall, we get these, I don't remember if it's from these echo flowers that are kind of talking to us. You can you can talk to and they, they regale you with some tales. of Yeah, they echo like the last thing that they heard. They hear everything. Yes, right. And they'll echo the very last thing that they heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if it's something, some other plaques you read, but you find out that the way for the monsters to get out of the underground is to collect seven human souls. Yeah. And that will sort of give them enough power to break the uh, the veil or the spell, or I can't remember the, the term, but mm-hmm. to, to break that to get into the surface. Yeah. Right. And everybody wants, they all want to get back to the surface because life is apparently hell <laughs> down yeah. underground, even though everybody seems to be having a pretty good time. I don't know. <laughs> I think calling it propaganda is maybe a bit of a stretch, but it's like talking about how like it was just so unique and cool and more, you know, slapping me in the face realization of the game of like talking about how powerful the humans are. And like, there's no way that a monster can ever defeat a human kind of, you know, <laughs> like from their right. perspective, right. like mm-hmm. we were defeated and banished down here kind of thing in all of those plaques. So I thought that was neat. Right. Yeah. You get how it sort of informs you throughout on how, yes, how strong humans are versus the monsters and the power of a human soul, which is the one thing that the monsters don't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And they do mention, I think there's some allusion here to like, if a human and a monster combine, if a monster takes on a human soul, then they can cross the barrier. Like if a human takes a monster on, then it becomes like this very powerful being yeah yeah and there's some allusion to that which will become sort of important a bit later so we learn that seven human souls are needed and at the very end we encounter undyne yep who is just hellbent on collecting you for king asgore and she like has like kind of this uh soliloquy on the top of a mountain where she tells you that only seven souls are needed and they already have six yeah and Mm -hmm. you're the last one that they need and then she attacks you yeah, she's a, she's a tough battle. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. like this battle because, again, it's different. One thing this game does just that's just fantastic is kind of how it changes what you already think you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, all I got to do is avoid these things. Well, now I have a shield, right? And I've got these arrows and I have to like orient my controller kind of in the other way. Yeah. So yep. my shield points in the direction. And mm-hmm. it's just like a twist on, you know, this formula that you're used to. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, it makes the game sort of just really enjoyable as you keep playing it that, to have these different aspects to it. Now, I'm guessing both of you killed Undyne. Well, I didn't think she was going to let me go. I did not kill Undyne. I Sean, also did not for, kill. For the listeners at home, Sean's wagging his finger at us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I also, So I did not kill Papyrus either. But I also did not uh-huh. kill Undyne. Maybe at this point in time, I had come, you know, looked on the IGN walkthrough of the game and also learned a little bit more about <laughs> the game <laughs> and they know, how to do certain things. But yeah, so I, I, uh, I spared Undyne. So what I'm hearing from you, Sean, is that you walked into the bar that was empty. Yeah. With empty really bar hurt. stools sitting really around. Yeah. And then the, the patrons are like, where are all my dog friends? And yes. then you had a moment of <laughs> yeah. revelation, I exactly. guess, as it, could, it can only be called. Yeah, yeah. And you said, how do I, fi- how do I improve myself? <laughs> I resolved myself to go down a better path. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sorry that we didn't talk about. So you spared Papyrus. Yeah. Yep. And you also spared Undyne. I did not. So Ashley had no such... <laughs> No, you spared experience. the dogs. See, that's of the thing. I spared the dogs. They just wanted to be pet and played with. Right. So you didn't have that moment. Correct. And also, there is the neat part of this story as well, where Undyne is so hell bent that you're the enemy. Like you're terrible. 
I have to kill you, blah, blah, blah. It switched in my head, too, of, like, no, no, no. Like, I got to prove that I'm I'm not the, like, you know, formidable enemy kind of thing, yeah. you know? Like, I'm going to spare you. Yeah. I'm exactly. good. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. I just didn't think she was going to stop coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Papyrus. <laughs> Much like Papyrus. So, apparently, there are some things that happen after this that... I did not get because I killed her. Right. So what happens if you spare her? So for me, she never comes back into the story until the very end. Okay. Sean, is that true for you too? I mean, I remember reading about that, um, but I did not come across her again, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I read that. She's only referenced in my game one I, more time. I read that she like she follows you and you give her some water. Okay, and so then right. So you the go way on a date with her too or something? Or you she can takes you to her house? Yes, you can, but... I think you can't if you have killed anything before. Yeah, yeah. If you've killed a monster, she doesn't want anything to do with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can but, still go to her house and see her in her house, but yeah, she like okay. shoes you away but yeah, or something. Or maybe you can't okay. go into her house. You knock and she won't let you in. I think that's what it is. Hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I but see. I you, never I never yeah. tried that. But yes, you have the way that you spare her is by so she kind of locks you in combat. Like if you remember, like your heart is, your soul is green mm-hmm. and then you're locked in combat and it's red and you can kind of leave. Yeah. Okay. And so you try to, you, you have to run away a couple of times, like multiple times, right? Yeah. Yes. You just have to run and keep running to the next area, which is Hotland. Mm-hmm. And then eventually what happens is she overheats. Yeah. Okay. Like as, as she's chasing you, she gets mm-hmm. so hot mm-hmm. that she overheats as she gets closer to Hotland, I'm guessing or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then conveniently, right, she's passed cooler. out. Yeah. And there's a water cooler. Yeah. <laughs> you get her a water and then she uh, survives. Again, if you've killed somebody, she just like, I think she she still doesn't want anything to do yeah. with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you if you hadn't killed anybody, if you're running like a true pacifist game, then she wants to be your friend or you convince her to be your friend. Again, I've only killed Toriel <laughs> and, and somehow she knows it. She yep. does. Yep. And I am. The uh, game knows. And I, I told you I carried it with me. And I undying didn't want anything to do with me. I went on a date with Papyrus. I was one for one with these two characters. So, yeah. so that brings us to Hotland. Yeah. Yeah. Where we meet one of my favorite characters. Which again, just when you think you know what the game is doing, it brings you to Hotland, which is a big laboratory building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So we walk into this laboratory. You like can go three ways, and north is blocked by some guards. If you go south, you can get to a river, and then there's this river guy who he's like your fast travel. Yeah, you can go so oh, okay. back to Waterfall or back to Snowden. Yeah, yeah. But then on the far right is like to pro- progress in the game, and that is takes you into the laboratory where you meet Alfie's. Is that how you guys say it? Alfie's? Alfie's, or yeah. Alfie's? I think I said Alfie's, yeah. but I don't know. Alfie's. Also, are these, are these all like... Really are these all like text fonts, font names, like Sans and Papyrus, Undyne? Wow. Yes, they are. are they? <laughs> I think they are. Sans. Um, I mean, Alphys? Sans and Papyrus, definitely. But uh, right. um, I don't know about the others. Anyway. Times New Roman did not make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you walk into the lab, though, and before you meet Alpheus, you see yourself on a big, giant screen. Uh, that was another, like creepy moment for me like kind of in like the in Toriel's home where it was like all right I don't like this something's happening yeah yeah Yeah. this is creepy yeah yeah again just when you think you know what the game's about then you encounter that area where it's (laughs) a bunch of surveillance equipment that's been following you or taking video of you this whole time (laughs) yeah yeah so Alpheus is 
a laboratory like researcher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was working for King Asgore. Yep. You don't really know much at this point. Right. But you know that she's been watching you. Right. <laughs> and she's taken yeah. a fancy to you. Yeah. <laughs> and she wants to be your friend. Uh-huh. Yeah. But this robot she created really wants you dead. Correct. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Metaton. Metaton busts through the wall and takes you into a cooking show. <laughs> Or a game show the first game time. Show. Oh, first I'm sorry. Game show. I'm sorry. Battle first one's a game, game show. show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It turns first out, game yeah. Show. Metaton is a reality host, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> reality and television so, host. Yeah. So I wasn't clear initially. So Metaton exists in this world and is famous. Correct. Apparently. Right. And people yeah. like know Metaton. They. Yeah. Yep. They have like Metaton posters and everything. I don't know how. I don't know that I got that right away. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, know about I guess this I first didn't get time. Until later. Yeah. Probably not this first. Uh, battle, but definitely as you go on in Hotland, everybody's like, "Man, I'm watching Metaton." Yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm a My huge fan show. of the show. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the Metaton battles for uh, for a minute because I think that this is worthy battle of a one. discussion. The first battle is a game show, and it's not really even a battle, right? It's just no. a which again, you think you know the game, questions. and then you get thrown into a pretend game show. <laughs> yes. yes. At the end of it, Alpheus, Alpheus uh-huh. is giving you clues. Yeah, and then. Like gives you an app on the on a phone or something and like shuts it down and like is able to sort of defeat Metaton for you something. the first time. Uh-huh. But before that, they ask you, "Who do you think Alfie's has a crush on?" <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, "Me." Uh huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you say me too? Yeah. What did you say? Do you remember? I said Undyne because in one of Alfie's like little talking blurbs, she had said something about Undyne. Oh, she's just so cool and like I don't know something. Yes. That alluded to that. So I think you had the right answer. Cool. Because Undyne and Alpheus, I think, have kind of a, a relationship uh, in like the true pacifist game. You see that develop. Okay. Gotcha. So I said me and then I got called conceited, I think, or something. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so then this whole next area becomes a kind of a back and forth. Again, Tom and Jerry, um, Metaton's trying to corner you mm-hmm. and traps you into these puzzles. Alpheus comes and saves the day the second one is uh but sorry to stop you yeah. before you leave the lab you can explore the lab right and sorry yes i have to talk about my third favorite story beat was exploring the lab you can go upstairs and alpheus has history books on some bookcases mm-hmm. and uh let me see what one of them said they were all labeled human history which was just funny, and they just really tickled me. One of the book titles, you could click on it and interact with it, and it gave you book title names. Yeah. And one of them was a comic of a giant robot fighting a beautiful alien princess, (laughs) which is, you know, what the monsters perceived as human history, which was funny to me. And then another book of human history was two scantily clad chefs are flinging um, energy pancakes at each other. (laughs) Those just really tickled me their views of human history so yeah yes so that was um one of my uh top threes yeah and then speaking of the chef i think the second is it the second metaton is the cooking show or is that the third that's the second one is a cooking show yep yeah mm-hmm. so the second metaton interactive activity <laughs> is the cooking show where you have to bake a cake or you're going to explode somehow you get a jetpack and you have to get ingredients and you have to go up this ladder with your jetpack to get ingredients in time or else you're gonna explode which i i did not get up there in time but i don't i don't remember what happened 
I think Alfie has defused the bomb or something yeah. for you. Yeah. Okay. I made it but in a- time. Apparently you could, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> apparently you could get there in time. But, but again, I think still Alpheus gives me the jetpack or something to okay. get there. Like it's, yeah. uh, you know, yep. throughout the whole way, Alpheus is helping me out for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a, another puzzle where you are diffusing bombs that mm-hmm. are like the scattered. Third, the third one. The yeah. third one. They're regular human items that turn out to all be bombs. Yeah. Yeah, yes, like a exactly. Basketball exactly. And, yeah. A glass of water. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Again, yeah. Alpheus helps you diffuse these. I think it's another kind of reality thing where I think Metatana is the reporter on the scene or you're the reporter on the scene or something. So it <laughs> yeah. plays, it's like a news show, you know, right. something. Right. Yeah. Which all makes sense in the context of Metatana being this like reality exactly. host who yeah. is super famous in the area. Which mm-hmm. I definitely did not diffuse all the bombs because I'm slow and I couldn't find them all. But again, I think Alpheus helped out again. Yes, exactly. Stop mm-hmm. the last one. But I think you could have gotten all of them. Well, spoiler alert, none of these things were actually ever <laughs> dangerous because Alpheus, Alpheus yeah. as right. we find out in the beginning of the fourth battle of Metaton, I think Alpheus has been the kind of puppet master, you know, I tricking just, us all along the way. That's what Metaton said, but I just don't know if I trust it. <laughs> I don't know. Was Alpheus really, you know, just planting all these seeds along the way or was he helping? I don't know. I take it that Alpheus was because yeah. of how convenient everything is, I guess. Yeah. We fight Metaton for the third time throughout the way we're going through Hotland, mm-hmm. right? And we end up at this MTT resort, which is the Metaton resort yeah. along the way. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Help me out. Did Muffet... Muffet came before, before this, that, right? Yep, is the spiders. Okay, so let me back up. Let me yeah. Back up. Throughout Hotland, mm-hmm. we have, I think, two mini-bosses that come up in between these Metaton games. Mm-hmm. The first is the Royal Guards, which, do you remember these oh, two guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I vaguely remember them. And the way I spared them, I think, I don't know if it's the only way, but the way I spared them is I convinced the one to profess his love for the yeah. other. Yep. <laughs> And then they they run the, off together. They run something. off together yeah. and leave you alone. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Sean, did you kill those guys? Do you remember? I don't remember. I killed a lot of them, like the the mini boss folk. Yeah. Because yeah, I felt right. like they were they were out really out to get me. I did turn the corner on the lowly monsters who didn't want to be there, or you know, yeah. all of, all of that sort of <laughs> stuff. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And then like the second mini boss, which is one of the more difficult bosses in the game, I yeah, think, is Muffet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was hard. tough. Who's a spider who's running the bake sale. Yep. This is her bake sale. Her mission is to get all the spiders from the ruins to come to I think Hotland, but they can't cross Snowden because it's too cold. So uh-huh. she's raising funds. I missed all that. Yeah. She's raising yep. funds to transport them. Okay. <laughs> That's what her bake sale is for. And she's very upset that you did not pay 999,000 gold (laughs) to buy her items. Which Uh I did buy something at the first bake sale, but obviously couldn't afford it at the second bake sale, but that did not matter to her. If you could, by some miracle, afford it, or like Sean said, if you farmed your dog residue, I guess, to (laughs) infinity, then you could could have just bought it and then walked on, and she would have just let you pass it. Thank you. I think I read if you still had your item from the very first bake sale... And you ate it in front of her, then she would let you go. But okay. obviously, I ate that a long time ago. Yeah, right. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I died a lot battling Miss Muffet. And then another one of those cases where at the very end, it gives you a chance like, are you going to spare her? Are you going to do that final blow? And this was one where I did spare her. 
because I had to show her that not all humans are bad. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. thought humans are also stingy with their money and so <laughs> evil. So I just had to show her not all humans are bad. I tried to patron your bake sale, but you price gouged. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. At some point for me, like you survive dinner, I guess she's got a giant spider pet and like that comes out three times and it's like breakfast, lunch and dinner she mentions for yeah. for them. And then if you get to dinner, I think she gets like a telegram or something or mm-hmm. a note that you patron for me. That yeah, you patroned, that yeah. That you patroned her uh, bake sale in the ruins, and that she's gonna let you go. So I didn't have to actually, yeah. you know, figure out a way to spare her. She spared me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Sean, mm-hmm. what was yours like at the end? Because you said you didn't buy anything at the very first bake sale, or you didn't find that first one. Right. Yeah, I I did not buy it the first time, and I, I honestly I don't remember. I think I was traumatized by this one because it was so tough that I. <laughs> I just tried to forget it. So I, I, yeah. yeah, I can't remember how I got out of that one. I think mm-hmm. if you, even if you don't buy anything in the first one, she still spares you. Okay. After dinner or whatever. Okay. Because I think she tells, I read that she tells you that she gets a telegram that you were nice to the spiders in the ruins. <laughs> okay. So anyway, cool. I think it's a similar thing. Cool. Then you make your way to the MTT Resort, which is a resort, I think, run by Metaton, the Metaton Corporation or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And um, this is, again, like a little town where you can go talk mm-hmm. to things. I don't I didn't spend too much time here. Actually, This was one of my again, one of my runner up story beats was talking to the patrons in the resort yeah. as well, because there's like a little restaurant area in the resort. And yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Sands pops up, I think. Oh, really? You can go have dinner with Sands at the restaurant. I don't think that was an option for me. <laughs> Sands was uh, it wanted nothing to do with he you. He was avoiding Ash. me. Yeah, I love how Sands like pops up throughout, and at one point he's like running a hot dog stand. At one point he's like he's like always manning these other booths. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, always oh, got odd jobs. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see him until the very end. Yeah, again, makes sense. I think <laughs> he was avoiding me, which makes sense because there were some random empty stands along the way that should have been filled you know should have been food stands or something yeah sands would have been there he was but again similar to price gouging he's like i got a hot dog would you pay 999 dollars yeah like 999 gold for it or something like that Mm -hmm. that's fine i don't feel too bad then yeah so i spent the most time in this resort at the place where i could buy glam burgers yeah which is my number one item (gasps) that's my number one item my number two my number two Yes, because it was a relatively affordable way to get your health. It was the most bang for your buck, I think. For sure. Yep. And boy, did I hoard these things. 27 health. Yep. I filled my inventory for sure. It was a necessity towards the end here, for sure. Yep. So we approach now the core... Yeah. Which is the way to new home. I don't really understand what the core is, other than just kind of a, a place... It seems know. like it's, it seems like it's um like the like the underground tunnel elevator transportation system. Maybe that maybe it's like a tr- yeah, maybe it's like the transportation system to get mm. to Cuz there's like a lot of um new home. Yes, to new home. Called. There's a lot yes. of I mean, obviously there's a bunch of elevators to get to the different levels and then there mm-hmm. were like you know at the airport there's those little walking paths that you yes. stand on and they go zoop and right, they move you right. across really fast. Yes. The people movers? The people movers, yeah. I think there are people movers <laughs> in the core area. Gotcha, yeah. My favorite thing throughout this, though, is Alfie's is still on the phone with you. 
all the time. Uh, all the time, right? Which is something <laughs> yeah. we didn't really mention. We didn't mention Alfie's like insistence on signing you up for the social media platform. Yep. Yeah. And then and then tweeting or whatever, you know, uh-huh. the, what the equivalent is of, of tweeting about you yeah. and realize that you can read it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. like a cute thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and she's just insistent on, uh, <laughs> on, on texting you and calling you every five steps or something. Yeah. But throughout the core, we get these like puzzles where Alfie's is trying to help you mm-hmm. and she's going to tell you the answer to the puzzle and how to get through it. And like, <laughs> this is, you know, we're introduced to the now the orange uh, uh-huh. attacks where you have to be moving through it and if you're moving yeah. through the orange it doesn't hurt you and there's like laser there's field. like laser beams of yeah. orange and blue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't think fast enough to <laughs> I just ran I think <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I just I just took the health hits I don't know. <laughs> yeah you, you, your level is sort of high enough to handle that um, yeah yeah <laughs> 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 and anyway but throughout though Alfie's is telling you the wrong thing yeah and she's like if you listen to her she's she's like getting you hurt and i think she's kind of perplexed by this too and eventually we get to the end there's like a there's a boss rush at some point where like you get attacked by these kind of like higher level monsters you like on a platform and you like have a series of yeah higher level monsters that that you have to fight or spare or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's right before you face metaton for the fourth time yeah. Now, during this fourth Metaton exchange, you meet her, and this is where she confesses to you that Alpheus has been tricking you this whole time, that it's all been a setup, and Alpheus has, like, told her to put you in these situations so that she could be the hero and save you. But that Metaton changed all the puzzles in the core to hurt you, and Metaton hired those boss rushes to come to kill you right before she got to her. But she, or him or whatever Metaton is. Mm-hmm. So this is my second favorite story moment though, is like the relationship between Metaton, you and, and Alpheus okay. and like yeah. this twist and how Alpheus just wants a friend and how she's kind of complicated. And <laughs> I don't know. I love this. Yeah. I love this piece of the story. Yeah. I yeah. think it's funny. Mm-hmm. And this, this embarks on a, another very challenging boss battle, I think. Oof, yeah. Yeah. Our final boss battle with Metaton. The final boss battle with Metaton where you, now Alpheus tells you that there's a switch mm-hmm. on her yeah. back that you flip. Yeah, on Metaton's back. Yeah. On Metaton's back. And this brings you into like Metaton's final form. <laughs> yeah. Which is my um, number one story moment. Number one story moment. Is Metaton yeah. turning into Meta X, I think is what he yeah. called pop himself. St- oh, the awesome. pop star. Yeah. <laughs> the pop star Meta X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like a i don't know if it was like a 70s disco character with like a star on his eye and the hair kind of slicked and mm-hmm. high-heeled shoes and i'm imagining leather pants i don't know it's really hard right. to see but right. you know and the goal of this boss battle is to get your like glamour level or fame level high enough like to match metatons Okay. Yeah, that part kind of confused me of whether I wanted more fame than Metaton or what I th- exactly. Yeah, because I think you were doing moves throughout to like gain the crowd's favor. Right. And I think that was... I, I mean, I'm guessing it was like a dance-off. It was kind of like a dance-off. Basically. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is that right, Sean? Is that your experience? Too? Oh, I don't think I paid attention to this at all. I was just <laughs> trying to survive and kill Metaton. <laughs> so what did you do? Did you... Did you fight him the whole time? Did you fight Metaton? Yeah. Yeah. And did you kill Metaton? Um, I think I did kill Metaton. 
I think I did. I think maybe I tried to spare. I'm so sorry. I forget. I forget. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot happening towards the end here. Yeah, for sure. Now, I mean, it's. I think you can kill Metaton. I think it's a. It's a. You know, that's a choice you can make. I guess. Like, did you type in what you liked most about Metaton? Yeah. Okay, so you did that totally. Yeah. Um, were you like? Were you like talking? Like, were you posing? No, and, like, I didn't do any of that. So See, you were attack. You were straight up attack. I was attacking. I okay. I honestly I didn't do a lot of action in any of my combat because so often there are there was nothing to say or you know <laughs> yeah. met, you know they don't want to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. I think early on I was con- I like conditioned myself to like that kind of seems futile and I'm yeah I was honestly I was not great at at uh, at dodging attacks so yeah I was trying to get through battles as quick as possible so i I, so did you essentially beat these guys into submission like you get them to (laughs) so low of a health that you spared them or is absolutely yeah yeah oh wow you wow okay that's one path to go brute force that yeah then i spared their life so maybe i'm yeah not (laughs) not so great but uh but you didn't kill you still spared them yeah yeah gotcha gotcha (laughs) that's fun that's interesting yeah because there was there is i can't remember very early on there was the concept of um, when a monster's health level is so low, like, or your XP is so much larger than theirs, like, things in yellow, like, means that you can, that's the time where you can spare or something. I like, did not pick up on the color cues, but I did be, read about that later. <laughs> yeah, it'll be successful for you. Like, sparing them will be successful because that, like, that is an option that you can spare, but, the, you know, it'll be mm-hmm. like, they don't accept that or whatever. So, right, right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You probably killed Metaton, unless you spared them via your brute force submission <laughs> method. Yeah. I gosh, I can't remember. Yeah, it's just like so many fights and I I, meta, I struggled with Metaton. I I I had to do this final battle like probably four times. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I did too. Yep. Well so, he has some pretty aggressive leg kicks. Oh leg my attacks. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. The leg that yeah, where you have to shoot the legs and then yeah. they then they come apart and then you can kind what of go those, through um, them. And this is another what are those uh, girls? pirouettes or whatever. No, no like uh, what are they called? Like in Nashville, where they have the rockets, the leg, yes. the yeah, nice, nice, yes, exactly. Yeah, the line leg kicks or whatever. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, this introduced like another part of the battle form too, where like your defense was also uh, you could like shoot things. Mm-hmm. You know, like you had to like shoot things that she was or that Metaton was attacking, you know, to dodge stuff or whatever. It took yes. me a long time to pick up on the fact that the bomb, if you shoot the bombs, they hurt you and not like clear mm. a path. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, the bombs will hurt like a cross, like they make a cross. Yeah. Yeah. And like you can shoot it and then get out of the way. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, no, yeah, you're right. If you shoot the bombs and stay right under it, you will get hurt. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Metaton was was my number two uh, uh, boss. Yeah, Metaton's my number three favorite boss. Yeah, for sure. Number three. We'll we'll do at the very end. We'll do like a compilation of our top three, just so we can kind of get them all out there. Okay. Cool. So once you beat Metaton, you arrive in new home. Yeah. Right? I spared I spared Metaton. I'll just throw that out there. Oh, sorry. You spared Metaton. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, because, yeah, at the end, it, he starts getting phone calls from his fans, and he decides he doesn't want to fight anymore, and that's when I think where it gives you the chance to either give him that final blow and kill him, or you can spare him. And I spared him. Gotcha. Yeah. So I also spared Metaton against my better judgment. <laughs> 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 A horrible robot monster. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so after Metaton, you go into New Home. Mm-hmm. There's not really much fighting here. There's also not much stuff here. There's like some huge story moments. Right. I think the first thing that you get is like you're constantly interrupted. Now, this mm-hmm. is on the neutral path. You're constantly mm-hmm. interrupted by like these pop-ups of these froggets or, um, yeah. you know, the monsters that would otherwise attack you, but they don't attack you. They tell mm-hmm. you a story. Yes. And they tell you the story of Azriel, mm-hmm. who is the son of the king and queen, mm-hmm. yeah. who we very quickly find out was Toriel and Asgore. Yes. Which, again. Big moment. Big moment here that Toriel was the queen who right? ran away. Yeah. We find that Azriel found a human, the mm-hmm. first human in the underground, and became very good friends with this human. Mm-hmm. At one point, the human becomes very ill mm-hmm. and is dying and just wants to see the golden flowers of their town mm-hmm. before they die. And so Azriel combines forms with the human or the human, yeah, something like that. I missed that part, but yeah. But they, they form like this strong being mm-hmm. and they leave the underground to go to this kid's town and then while they're there the humans think that the monster killed the kid and start attacking Azrael. Right. and Azrael doesn't attack them and runs back into the underground and then later dies so yep. now toriel and asgore lose essentially both their children because they they took they in sort the of human took in, child yeah correct mm-hmm. so they're distraught asgore becomes kind of a monster who vows to destroy the humans and yep. collect seven souls to basically take over the surface. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Toriel is horrified by her husband's mm-hmm. thoughts and actions and leaves. Mm-hmm. And then that's where she kind of sequesters herself into the ruins, right? Yep. Back at home where they first established residence and then they built yeah. a new home, must, I guess. Yeah, must be. They were like <clears throat> identical homes, <laughs> <Yeah>. except <laughs> Asgore's was gray, like all gray, right? Toriel's was in color, yeah. but Asgore's had some more rooms i think that you could explore yeah it seemed more like a hotel like there was many rooms many guest rooms in it. <laughs> well i think that in in toriel's house there was a room that was locked that is unlocked in okay in asgore's house okay yes i think new home opens with yeah. you at this house that looks like toriel's and you can explore it and the flowers are all over the place which in this we learn what the significance of those the flowers are, which was my number two story moment. We see yellow flowers a lot throughout the game, okay. or at least as it gets towards the end here, we start to see yellow flowers mm-hmm. and learning the significance of those yellow flowers was a good story beat. So that was my number two story moment. Did you guys, in one of the rooms, there are some gifts that were packaged? Did you open either of the gifts? I don't remember this. I think, so, no. yes, I did. They were item, like weapons... Yeah, I think in one of the gifts was a locket, and then in another one, I can't remember what I read it was, but it was something else. I was just curious. I didn't open them because I was I was worried I would get in trouble for opening someone else's gift. <laughs> no, I, so I didn't open them. I but I think the locket was um, a good defense, or you know, a good something. Yeah, it was. Right? Yeah, it was a good a good amount of armor. That's a concept that like we didn't talk about much. Like. Mm-hmm. different armor that gives you different you know levels of right defense and stuff like that yeah but, i did i definitely used the armor because mm-hmm. that was i was doing the pacifist or well <laughs> a relatively pacifist run and so i you know i needed defense because i was taking right. a beating a mm-hmm. lot of the time mm-hmm. i didn't pay much attention to the offensive weapons yeah 
yeah. which hurt, right. which hurt me in this upcoming battle. Yeah. So yeah. we go from from new home, and we get to a point where can you go to the coffins before the last corridor? I think so. Yeah. So you go you go into the new home. You can explore similarly as like going out in home and to like you to go out into Snowden. Like you go down into the basement, which then takes you on like this final path into a few different rooms before you can enter like the castle proper with like mm-hmm. the throne and stuff. Um, oh, okay. Are you, and I think you're getting this story as you're in the basement area. Yeah, so I think you I think get so. into the home, yeah. you see the home first which, mm-hmm. and then you realize what's the story. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And um, as you're exploring the home, you find random things like you find like a journal entry and it says what a beautiful day it is today and then you find something else and it's like what a beautiful whatever and everybody's happy yeah everybody's happy and it makes you wonder okay well maybe is asgore not this big evil thing everything in this home is so cheery and so Mm -hmm. positive so it kind of makes you question at least for me it kind of made me question is there going to be a spin here where asgore is not really this evil king right kind of storyline one of those rooms after you on your path from the new home to uh meet Asgore is this like shrine room that's like a bunch of windows and golden and this is the last time I think that you see sands. So yeah, so as you are uh leaving new home and onto the path to meet Asgore, there's a couple rooms and I think like one of the first rooms uh, that you enter is this like shrine type room, lots like big windows with like I don't know if it's like a sunset, but it's it's like a very yeah golden golden room, mm-hmm. and like there are columns or whatever, and sands kind of like pops out of one of the columns, and it's basically like hey yep look at you like you you became pretty powerful like seems like you're ready to face Asgore like you're you're gonna meet the king like you should probably like for us that was doing the neutral path it was like mm-hmm. look at your life like you know like reflect on your decisions yeah, reflect on who who you are and uh so yeah this is like my number one story moment because of where he's like yeah it looks like you have a lot of xp you got a lot of execution points <laughs> yes <laughs> and, yeah uh, I was like, oh, oh, my God, that's good. Uh, <laughs> and I feel terrible. Um, and then, yeah, it's like you get enough execution points and your love increases and your love stands for your level of violence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And he talks about how as you increase your level of violence, you become it becomes easier for you to kill things mm-hmm. yeah. and you yeah. become you know, dispassionate and, and, um, and it is one of the great twists, I think. Oh yeah. 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 In, in video, I, I'll say it in video games. Like I love that moment where like, you know, it takes this thing that is so familiar to people who play role, role playing games. Right. Mm-hmm. Like XP and level is in every freaking role playing game that you'll, mm-hmm. I mean, that you'll play. It's just, it's yeah. everywhere mm-hmm. and it takes it and you should know better. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. based on the way this game is. Sure, uh, sure. Is, uh, is presented to you. Yeah, yeah. But even so, they said, you know, he says level of violence, and it's just like this, just this awesome twist. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's great. Ugh. It's yep. really, really good. Yep. It is also my number one story moment. Nice. Cool. Very good. Very good. And then at the end of his little dialogue, there's some opportunities for you to like answer some of his questions. Like, don't you think that monsters should be spared? Or don't you think that whatever? 
I mean, I don't know exactly what he says, but something like that. And for me, one of his dialogues was something like that. And I said, yes, I agree. Monsters should be spared. And then he goes, then why did you kill my brother? (laughs) I don't know if I got those questions. So yeah, I didn't didn't get those questions either. Yeah, and that was the last thing that he said. And it like went dark. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Yikes. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's great <laughs> okay so so once sans kind of like flips you on your head and makes you, know, you reflect makes on all you, your decisions yes yes and uh makes you curl up into a ball and cry in the corner um <laughs> you continue on and then i think you go right into the throne room mm-hmm. correct i did this so many I times i went back you, and forth it so takes many times you out to the garden right well, the garden is the throne room where, okay. like, you have his throne is in the middle of these bunch of yellow flowers, right? right. And then you yellow. meet Azricor mm-hmm. for the first time. Yep. And yeah, then, sorry. There is a bit where you, like, meet him and then there's, like, a couple interactions with Asgore. And then uh, he basically, like, asks you, you kind of follow him and he asks, he's, like, super nice to you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And asks you, are you done with everything that you want to do? Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> And at some point, I can't exactly remember where this room is, but you can go down this room and there's a, just a room full of coffins yeah. that have six hearts on them that are all different colors. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Did and you click on the one nearest? What did it say? It's, it's like, this coffin is empty. It has your name on it. Or something. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So eventually you go and then you tell Asgore you're ready, you're done with everything. I will mention before I fought him, I said, no, I'm not ready. I went back yeah. mm-hmm. and I went to the dog shrine and I donated all my money to the dog shrine yep. to get the platinum trophy. <laughs> I did not find a dog shrine. So yeah, so no. the dog shrine was at in, in Papyrus's house. Ah. It was like a portrait <laughs> that you could, okay. with a trap door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So very good. So yes, you would not be able to get the platinum trophy on this playthrough. <laughs> And anyway, so then eventually, <laughs> once you once you've gotten the platinum trophy, which is a very easy plat, I think your first plat, Sean. Congratulations! Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you fight Asgore, and he kind of he turns. You like get there's yeah. this there's this hallway that he was kinda, very nice to start with. Yes, and he's like, okay, you're ready. And for me, I think because you did the neutral route, he like stabbed the mercy option yep. and broke it. Yep. yep. And forced you to fight him. Yes. And now, again, my level's low, guys. I didn't kill anybody but Toriel. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. It, this was tough for me. Yeah, I can only yeah. imagine. It was tough for me, and I, let's just say, I had I had a lot of love, so. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back and buy a bunch of Glam Burgers, I think. Yes, alluding back to my number one item, the Glam Burgers yep. saved me here in this in this battle. Yeah, yep, for sure, for sure. The first time that you that you encounter his like sweeping attacks that are orange or blue, uh-huh. I remember being like so confused with what to do. Oh yeah, and then it was pretty obvious once you figured it out. But um, yeah, no, he was he was tough for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you eventually beat Asgore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did read about this, Brandon. And since you uh, did, you keep the the piece of pie right no so i did not keep the piece of pie okay but my second favorite item that toriel gave you that toriel gave you which is the cinnamon the butterscotch cinnamon pie Mm -hmm. if you were to eat it during this battle yeah it lowers asgore's attack and defense okay and makes the battle quite a bit easier because he's reminded i guess of his wife's you know his wife his wife's baking or whatever Yeah. yeah And uh, I, I love that. I wish I would have known. 
Right. That I had to keep that. You know? <laughs> I ate mine yeah. pretty early on. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, um, but no, I, I, I think that is really, really clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's my second favorite item. But alas, I beat him without the use of that. And this is one of the clear moments where you get a mercy mm-hmm. or kill mm-hmm. option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I forgot to tell you, I for, we forgot to mention that Alpheus confesses at some point in the core mm-hmm. that you're going to have to kill Asgore if you yeah. want to leave. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like the human needs the soul of a monster or whatever to, to get out. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other way for her. Mm-hmm. And so the decision for you is kill Asgore and leave or have mercy. Yep. Right. Yep. So what did you guys all do? I spared Asgore. I also spared Asgore. I know. I spared Asgore. I spared Asgore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a monster. hey But yeah. it doesn't matter. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, because... One note, too, that... Um, sorry to cut you off. No. Um, also, I read somewhere, if you talk to Asgore enough, that it like also lowers him. You'd have a bigger connection with him. Because he clearly does not want to do this. Right. Anyway, in in the talking thing that I tried a couple times, uh, it basically like I died once and then did it, and it was like you told Asgore that he's killed you once before, or like <laughs> like he's already yes, killed you I once did that before, too, yes. and he you know it's like he uh, he like says something interesting, you know, like acknowledges that basically. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. No, no, it's yeah. Asgore's kind of this interesting character of like somebody who seems to have made a decision about wanting to do a thing and then like lost, lost steam on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and is doing it just because he thinks it's something that he wanted to do, even though he doesn't actually want to do it. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. he doesn't, like you said, Ashley or Sean, I can't remember which one said it, but you don't, he doesn't actually want to kill you yeah but yeah. he feels like he has to because of what he said and mm-hmm. you know yep and his past deeds yep make yep. it make it make it so 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 you defeat asgore you either save him or kill him doesn't matter because at that next moment he's weakened <laughs> and flowy <laughs> i did not see that come i did not see you flowy murders what a surprise Flowey, that was. Flowey murders Asgore. This flower pops up from the beginning. <laughs> and takes the six souls that Asgore has. Yeah. And says, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kill like, or be killed I told here. you from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this brings you into what is the final boss battle in the yeah. neutral game, which is called Photoshop Flowey. <laughs> <laughs> which is this like super interesting... Art style that doesn't match the rest of the game at all. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's like this TV with, I don't, it's, an, it's a monstrosity is yes. what it is. Yes. And it just is this all out attack on you. You don't have any of your options anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just, the, it's a complete bullet hell thing. Yeah. And I did this about 10 to 15 times and, was, mm-hmm. and died like super quick. I was like, is this the end? Like, am I, does, am I not supposed to be able to be like, is this the commentary? Like, right. yep. Yep. You know? And so I had to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Did you do the same thing, Sean? Yeah. I just played through it a, a bunch of times. Yeah. And I towards the end of the game, I was definitely following along uh, with the walkthrough just to kind of know where where I was at. It's clever in like the whole like you get killed and then he's like, I won't let, you know, like you thought you thought that this would be the end and then he like throws you back in. Yeah. Throws right. you back well, into the fight. And let's talk about Flowey, who is the incarnate of evil 
Yes. In this game, yeah. I mean, like, like, literally, just wants to make your life hell. He like yeah. corrupted your save file so that every time that you yeah talk load, about uh, breaking the fourth wall there, yeah, like it's yeah. just <laughs> such break, yeah, such fourth wall breaking. I forgot that he does that, yeah. Yep, and like makes your game look like it's bugging out, right? Uh-huh. And, I mean, uh-huh. it, he does all these things. Yeah, because every time you die, you come back, and he's like, "It's not going to be that easy. We're not done yet," kind of thing, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And there's some allusion to how many times you've died before, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. And if you last long enough, there comes a point where like, I think if you last long enough and you hit a point where the souls start to contribute. Yeah. Right. You know, it becomes much easier after that point because they start to the, the other souls start to rebel against Flowey and they start to heal you. Right. Which and, I did not really make that connection. That yeah. That's what was happening. But. At some point, you start to you can call for to, help. Yeah, you call for help. Yes, yeah. and I didn't. I did not re- make the connection that that was like yeah. the souls. Like you called for help from the souls, and they they could give you some health. And I think you mm-hmm. could they could help fight for you or something. Mm-hmm. I think they mostly just gave you help. Yeah, they lowered his defenses at some point after all six of them contribute. But like mm-hmm. they each have their little world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And but it was based on their personalities. Like you could tell one of them was a chef. One of the cook. Oh, okay. It was a cook. And I did like, not make that connection. It was no. a bunch of like frying pans and eggs and things. Okay. And then the other <laughs> one was must have been an author or a writer because it's just a bunch of words. Yeah. That okay. you have to collect. Okay. Uh-huh. I did not make that connection. A, I think there's a ballerina or something. There's a bunch of toes, like feet. I thought they were just callbacks to things that you did earlier because there was the cooking show with Metaton and then the Metaton, his little dance fight. Yeah. No, I think mm-hmm. that they were mm-hmm. representations of, this. of the sense. souls. Yeah. That makes cool. sense. That's cool. Then eventually you defeat Flowey. You can either choose to spare him or kill him. So I showed Flowey mercy because that was my play style. Yeah. yeah. I did yeah. too because it made me feel so guilty. After killing Undyne and Papyrus, <laughs> you spare Flowey. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I too, yeah, I too showed mercy to Flowey, um, which you have to do several times. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, and yeah. No. Did you notice like every time that you did it, his the facial expression changed. That was good. Yeah. Now we have to we have to talk a little bit about the true, like the true ending. I think is what it's called, which is the like the neutral. Not not the neutral playthrough. That's what we did. The true pacifist playthrough. Now I can't. Re- okay, when but in our game ending, yes, you spare Flowey, mm-hmm. and then in my game, Metaton called me or something because I didn't kill Metaton. Right. Okay. And I get okay. a call from Metaton that he's now kind of like the king or the the president or whatever, <laughs> and he's kind of he's kind of stepped into that role of leading this underworld. Right. Right. Area. Yes. So that's, Sean, that's why I was curious of what happened if you killed Metaton, because do you remember what happened after you spared Flowey? Um, pap- uh, Papyrus calls and okay. is and is like, I think it was Sans or, Sans or Papyrus or both of them call and they're like, Undyne is now. Okay. Took Empress. over. Yeah, as the Empress. Uh, and like and I killed her too. So yeah, that wasn't an option for me. <laughs> and she is like super pissed that like, he's like, she was pissed before, like. She has she is resolving to get seven souls. And so oh, like okay. and then when she comes up to the earth, she's gonna track you down kind of thing. Oh <laughs> yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's comical in papyrus. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, so um so this is kinda awkward, but like you know, because he's he yeah. got promoted, like he's in the royal guard or whatever. He's like Right. Um but That's yeah, funny. but like but maybe like don't 
come back down here because she she's gonna kill you. But yeah. What was yours, Brandon? <laughs> Mine was the same thing as John's because okay. Toriel was dead, and so <laughs> right. That's what happened. Undyne took Cause, over because you didn't kill Metaton though, so he was no. that was still an option, I guess. Yeah. Yours, but. Yeah, I think I think the Metaton ruling scenario probably only happens. So, yeah, that was mine. Yeah, he he kind of took over, and <laughs> I forget what else he said, but he had some funny lines about. Um, you know. say, I thought did yeah who was it Metaton that called you? Because Sans wouldn't have called you. Because Sans, Sans wouldn't have called me. Right. Nope, Alpheus <laughs> might have. It might have been Alpheus. I think Alpheus called you. But I also you. got some. I think there was some stuff from metaton too though yeah yes because i remember somebody said something about the whole te- the whole underground being brainwashed by metaton yes that was the, it was yes. the language something about that yep. <laughs> yeah he's no. like using the airwaves kind of thing yep. yeah no for me it was the same thing as sean um okay. the undyne was the empress um sean i have to ask you going way back to the waterfall that there was a, a you reminded me of this with the papyrus moment that one of my favorite papyrus moments actually happened when you're being chased by undyne and mm-hmm. Papyrus calls you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. says, hey, are you wearing, and it's like <laughs> oh. something that you're a striped, wearing. A striped shirt. Yeah. 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 Papyrus calls you. He's like, are you wearing, well, I think it was like an old tutu or something. Oh, was, okay. Maybe it was a piece of equipment I had. on. I don't know. But I knew how much of a fan Papyrus was of Undyne. So mm-hmm. I lied to Papyrus. Yeah. And I'm like, he's going to rat me out. Like, I know we yeah. went on a date. It didn't go that well. <laughs> he's going to, he's, I'm sure I don't take you know undyne is probably higher in his heart than me yeah so i lied to him uh-huh. what did did you lie to him or did you tell him the truth i'm pretty sure i lied to him yeah yeah and then he called me back and was like hey he's like, are you wearing this thing and i said i said um i said no i wasn't wearing that thing mm-hmm. and i was wearing the thing yeah uh-huh. this is great and then he calls me back and says hey I told Undyne you were wearing the thing, so you're in the clear. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, I actually am wearing the thing. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so Flowey, before I think we get to that, like, breakdown, mm-hmm. and, and we should maybe back up again. That's where the game really diverges is, like, in this end phone right. calls, like, who calls you? Who's alive? Like, there's scenarios where Toriel's alive and right. she's sure. queen. And, sure. And, yeah. you know, there's okay. a, all kinds of different combinations that can happen there. Um, before that, Flowey tells you about the pacifist playthrough, right? Yeah, yeah. He basically you you spare Flowey several times, and and he's like, like I I I don't believe this. Like I I can't. Why would you spare me? It's kill or be killed. And then so he's like, okay, and he like challenges you, and he's like, I'll only believe that you're good or whatever. Like prove to me that you can do like do this again without killing anything. Mm, okay. Um, is yeah is how my game ended okay i should back up real quick and say that the photoshop flowy was my second top boss okay my second favorite boss because it was so different from the rest of them sure and uh flowy anyway, was i like the i like the souls flowy was my number one boss yeah nice flowy was your number one boss i appreciated the um the callback from the very beginning with that like turn of things and then that it was back he told us from the very beginning yeah, it's true. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the true pacifist run. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Flowey tells you a little bit, challenges you to not do, you know, to not kill anything. That's step one. Okay, so don't kill anything going through the game. Okay. <laughs> it's essentially after you get there, or after you, after you complete the game without killing anybody, you still have to defeat Asgore and Photoshop Flowey, I think. But then you can come back into the game again, having not killed anybody. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's a whole thing you have to do with Undyne and uh, Alfie's with like pairing those two. You have to like set them up. I told you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then once you complete these conditions, uh, you can go to Alfie's lab or somewhere around the lab mm-hmm. and reveal the true lab. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yes. Like behind a hidden. There's like a locked door. Okay. That is now unlocked. Cool. And this is Alpheus's true lab. Uh-oh. The the lab she showed you before was like a like a front. Uh-huh. Okay. And in the true lab is where she's experimented with like saving fallen uh monsters. And okay. like she's created these amalgamations or whatever they're called that are like these horrific things on accident oh. that exist in her true lab that she hasn't told anybody about. Yeah. That you have to fight. Oh, <laughs> and she experimented with creating a vessel for a soul. Okay. Ah. And one of the vessels she talks about using is a golden flower. Oh. Okay. So it's highly insinuated that she made Flowey, and that okay. Flowey is Azriel. Azriel's soul got reincarnated into Flowey. Okay. And so Flowey is Azriel. Gotcha. The son of Toriel and Heavy and Asgore. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yes. And then um, also there's like VHS tapes that have audio only or something that you can listen to, quote unquote, okay. read in the game. Uh-huh. And it paints a completely different picture of the first child that they adopted and that this- The human child? The human child. Okay. Like has this kind of dark tendencies and like- oh. It's insinuated that they actually kind of committed suicide by eating the the buttercup flowers or eating flowers that they weren't supposed to oh. um, in order to combine with Azrael to take over the humans. Like oh. he was like he was kind of like pulling strings and convincing Azrael to do things that he didn't want to do. Alpheus was or the human child? The was? human child was. Okay. Yes. Huh. And then like at the very end of the pacifist playthrough, mm-hmm. all of your bosses that you've spared now, like mm-hmm. come to your aid and it turns out that Flowey called them all there and like wants to steal their souls. And then you have to like fight versions of them. Hmm. And then once you fight versions of them, then you fight Azriel, who looks like Toriel, you know, Okay. and you Jeez. fight him. And then once you fight him, then I think you can get to the surface and like, wow. and, and have the happy ending where you're back home. Yeah. And, and everybody's sort of happy. Interesting. Wow. I'm going to have to do another playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. And try that. Without killing see. anybody. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. What would happen in the true genocide route? I didn't read so much about that one. I didn't see anything when I was looking up to, to put my notes together. I didn't see anything significant about a totally different ending for that. Well, I think in that ending, Flowey, I don't know the exact steps to get there, mm-hmm. but Flowey basically asks you to end the whole thing like erase the underground oh or not okay (laughs) and if you erase the underground then it's over and it's like the true genocide route and if you do that if you erase the underground and then reset the game if you do that before you do the true pacifist route it changes the true pacifist route and there's like some slight differences like there's like a picture of the royal family with the child and Azriel and like all of their faces are like red x'd out except for the human child or something oh jeez and so there's like subtle differences, but I did read that depending on how you play your first game, if you go back and play again, different things are available. Yes. Right. So that's definitely an interesting component where, you know, depending on how you play the very first time, different things will be available when you go and play a second time. Yeah. So 
So cool. I think that covers the playthrough that we had. Yeah. Right. Yep. Before we go, you know, let's recap our top threes. Yeah. Because I don't think we got to everybody's or, or we didn't fit them all in there. So let's start with Sean. Give us your top three items. Okay. Top three items for me. Number one was the dog salad um, <laughs> that we talked about. Number two was the glam burger that we talked about. And my third top item was kind of random, but um, it was called the stained apron. It was like a piece mm-hmm. of armor, I think, found in Hotland. But uh, I I liked it because it gave you uh, a health point like every other turn or something. It just like automatically generated a health point for you. Um, nice. So so yeah, those were my top three items. Very good. Mine. Uh, my number one was the glam burger because it gave you a lot of health. My number two was the old two two. So it was armor. It gave you 10 defense or, you know, it was worth 10 defense. So there was an old tutu, which I thought was funny that a tutu would be armor. <laughs> and then my number three was ballet shoes, which gave you seven attack. So nice. that was mine. Nice. Yes. And mine, again, playing the pacifist route, like my mm-hmm. items were completely different, kind of bent. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about the attack so much. Right. right. Yep. And so, like, my number three was the snowman piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever happened that, with that? Well, I don't remember this, actually, but I mm-hmm. I think on the cell phone call... At the very end? At the very end, there's, like, a note, oh, and you made a snowman very happy or something like that. Okay. But in the true playthrough, like, the snowman will, like, you know, you can take him to the surface or take a piece to the oh. surface and then he'll... Or he'll ask you to take a piece of him to the surface. Okay. So, yes. Item number two, the butterscotch cinnamon pie, again, primarily because of its opportunity that I didn't use, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but I love just the, the connection there. And then my top item is just the glam burger because of there the, it, it just saw me out of some tough spots for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Ashley, let's go with your top three bosses. Okay. My top three bosses. Number one was Metaton X, the disco dance off. My two and three were smaller bosses um that you meet throughout the way number two is night night which was a night k-n-i-g-h-t all he wanted all you had to do was sing to him and he fell asleep right and i okay, thought that okay. was it was funny it, you know it was kind of clever that his name was night night and he was a knight and he went to sleep <laughs> and then my number three was aaron which was kind of like a horse mermaid combination thing mm-hmm. and he's the one that you just had to flex and he, he would flex back and then he would like flex right out of the screen and i <laughs> thought that was funny yes yes i did like aaron a lot that was that was funny yeah sean my top three bosses is number one flowey number two metaton and number three i blumped papyrus and sans kind of together cool. um but yeah so mine are exactly same as sean's except for i had number my number one was Papyrus and Sands because they were just great <laughs> the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two was Photoshop Flowey, and number three was Metatons. Mm-hmm. And I also, I also like that Ashley, you took it like as like regular monsters too, because mm-hmm. you know I like that Aaron or Night Night made it on your list, whereas Undyne or somebody, right? You know that you put just kind of the normal bosses, the normal monsters mm-hmm. on there. Because they had some of the most clever, like, you know, ways to spare them, I thought. Yeah, they were kind of witty. and Yeah, they were quippy. witty, and they fit, like, how you would fight them fit the story beats and, like, who those mini-characters were. 
astigmatism. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he didn't want to be picked on because yeah. he had an astigmatism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was cute. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cute stuff like that. I'm glad that we got to shout them out. Cool. All right, and then I guess I'll start with my story moments. Go for it. Mm-hmm. My favorite story moment was the revelation of the love and experience actually being execution points and level of violence. That was just yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And number two is Alpheus and Metaton and your weird triangle of conflict and mm-hmm. uh, perhaps friendship. <laughs> Maybe not. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then my number three favorite story moment was when we just meet Papyrus and Sans. We learn that there's something amiss with the way that humans are being treated. Mm-hmm. And also, by the way... You know, the ruins, there are some cheeky things going on. But now this is really where you find out the game's funny, right? Yeah. Like the Papyrus uh, Sans relationship where Papyrus leaves you a plate of spaghetti yeah. that oh, you can yeah. eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like hard as a rock. And he's just so delighted that you tried his spaghetti. Yeah. He's never met another pasta lover before. I mean, <laughs> just that whole thing is just, the whole thing is just great. So. Mm-hmm. Very good. Ash. Um, my number one was when Metaton turned into Meta X. And then my number two was finding out what those yellow flowers represented. Mm -hmm. And three, I enjoyed exploring Alpheus's history books. Again, they just tickled me of what the monsters portrayed human history to be like. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So mine were the reveal of um, XP and love. My number two was leaving home uh, like the Toriel battle because of uh, the true turning point there of uh, like biggest regret. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and then smaller regret my number three was interacting with the snowden town folk ah oh, these nice creatures unassuming creatures yeah <laughs> yes perfect that all was, right yeah, that was my runner-up all right well i gotta say going into this game it was highly critically acclaimed right it was very well regarded in the industry a lot of people talk about it as like you know you hear it being spoken of as people's like favorite games of all time. Wow. Awesome. And going in, I was like maybe skeptical mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, is it really? Yeah. And I got to say, I get it. Like I totally <laughs> understand that point of view, like just the, the twists and the, and the unique take on a genre that's pretty well trod. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I respect the hell out of this game. I really do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. It was I had a good time. A lot of fun. Very clever. A really, really fun game. I agree. Yeah. Super clever. And it it didn't uh, take itself too seriously, which was fun. And there's a lot of twists and turns. Kept you on your toes, which uh, is definitely unique. And I enjoyed it a lot. Great. I'm so happy that you guys enjoyed it. And I look <laughs> forward to many more role-playing games in our future. So. Sounds good. All right. And with that, I will sign off. So. See ya. Goodbye, everybody. All right. If you made it to the end, thanks so much, and we hope you enjoyed your time with us. If you like what you heard, give us a follow on Twitter at UncredibleGamer, no S, and like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you later.